know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, podcast land? This is just Jamie and Joe of the Fan Ball Seasons Podcast. And on tonight's episode, we're going to recap the College World Series with our guest of the week as Mississippi State defeated Vanderbilt. And so we're going to talk some college baseball on the show. We're also going to talk some Atlanta Hawks basketball and talk about the incredibly fun ride that the Hawks took us on this season as the Hawks fell short, losing to the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 6. So, we'll be, so I'll be talking some Atlanta Hawks with you guys. And then to round out the show, we'll be talking some Atlanta Braves baseball as the Braves and Enter the final series of the first half of the season this weekend against the Miami Marlins. We'll get into that, and, and and we'll just have a fun show tonight. We'll have a really fun show tonight. So we'll be talking some baseball, some basketball, and a little more baseball. And and so like I said, I'm really excited about the show. We've got a really good guest of the week this week, and we're going to be talking a variety of sports. So before we get to our guest of the week and connect via the Fan for All Seasons family, I want to start with getting a word to our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue. Authentic, original, oak-smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And we'll be back with our guest of the week here in one second. And Fan for All Seasons fans, we are back. We're going to connect via the Fan for All Seasons family and bring on our guest of the week. And this guy has been on our podcast before. He is arguably the biggest Mississippi State fan I know that lives in the state of Georgia. And he had the fortune of getting to go to Omaha to see his Mississippi State Bulldogs clinch their first national championship in any sport over the Vanderbilt Commodores. He's he's my former teammate on my Church League softball team. And he's just an all-around great guy. He's the one. He's the only. He's Jason Koberger. Jason, how's it going, my friend? Hey, thanks, Joe, for that. Uh, it's going great, man. How you doing? Good, buddy. Good. Well, Jason, I want to get things started with, with this topic in terms of Mississippi State. My first topic I have for you is Mississippi State has always had such a storied tradition, but what but what made this team so much more special than all the other great teams that stayed in the past? Yeah, so you know, there's there's been some great players at Mississippi State some, over the years. You know, Will Clark, Rafael Palmero, Papel Bond, all all kinds. Of, I mean, you can just name a list of great players that have that have just done so well. You know, and, and brought the team to the College World Series. You just just didn't quite make it to that next step. You know, but this team, you know, this team had grit. This team had determination. You know, and and that never give up attitude. You know, in the in the uh, World Series, or actually in the you know the SEC tournament they lost the first two games they, they were two and out in that tournament they didn't let it save them you know it, other teams could have just quit you know and said oh we're done you know there's nothing we can do from here going into the college world series you know your your game two against virginia we're down four to nothing being no hit through seven and a third innings you know and and you just you keep fighting you keep fighting and the pitcher gives up a walk and then the first the first and only hit that he gives up in the game is a two-run bomb you know break take him out bring in their closer a couple of hits later and another three-run home run and and here we are in the lead against Virginia and you know just those guys on this team this year they they never gave up they were never intimidated by anybody and they knew they could win and that they could beat anybody absolutely absolutely well I 
want to, well, my next topic I want to get to is I want to talk about your personal experience. And, and so how did the whole idea of you and your son Landon going to Omaha, how, how did all that materialize? And, and what were, and what were kind of your initial thoughts about, Hey, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to Omaha and I'm going to see Mississippi state. Yeah. So, uh, I guess it was what, eight years ago was the last time we, we made it to the college world series final, you know, against UCLA. I had, I had several friends that, that were going to Omaha and, and, you know, they asked me, you want to go? You want to go? And I was like, no, I, I can't go. I, I, you know, and, and I regretted every minute of it after that. You know, I, 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 I even though we lost two games, you know, the first two games to Omaha, to UCLA and Omaha, and I, I still regretted not going. So this year, whenever we won our first two games, you know, and, I, and all we had to do was beat Texas. And I was like, we're, I looked at my son and I said, we're going. You know, it, it doesn't matter how much it costs, we're going to this to this game, you know, to the finals next week. I wasn't going to regret it again, and I, I am so happy that I did, you know, that we went. No regrets, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Well, the next topic I want to get into, Jason, is TD Ameritrade Park has been the home of the College World Series since 2011. And so what were your impressions of this ballpark? Uh, really, it was, it was it was a very, very nice ballpark. You know, it, they have awesome, you know, it's just built well. They have awesome statues and, and memorabilia all around the stadium. It's it's surrounded by beautiful scenery, um, you know, that talking, you know, you you know, I like to eat and drink, you know, so there's, there were plenty of concession stands and bathrooms, <laughs> so you didn't have to wait, you know, the, the atmosphere there just was just amazing, you know, just, and, and really it's because Mississippi State fans travel so well, you know, there were, there were 24,000 seats in that stadium, and it, it, and it may have, I don't know exact number, but it seemed like at least 22,000 of them were wearing maroon and shouting maroon and white, so just, and then, and like seeing all those beach balls flying around the outfield in the stands, you know, it, it was awesome. The first night we were there, we were in right center field, and and all the beach balls were over in left center field. And and my son was like, I wish I wish the beach balls would come over here to where we're sitting. And I was like, you know, that's just where they're at. So then the next night we're on the first baseline. All the beach balls are right there where we were sitting the night before. He was he was so mad about that, but it was it was funny. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. As far as my next topic, I want to get into with you, Jason. In this series between Mississippi State and Vandy, there was so much future big league talent on both sides. So who are some of the players that stood out to you while watching this series yeah man the so the the pitching you know just just the pitchers on these two teams were were amazing to watch you know uh with vanderbilt you know jack Leiter and and the, the kid from right here in oconee county kumar rocker you know even though he didn't have his best night you know which i'm happy about um they were just they're amazing pitchers you know and then from mississippi state you had houston harding and preston johnson landon sims and and of course will bednar you know i mean will will pitch lights out in the tournament and and he deserved the most outstanding player that he award that he won i mean so you know there were some some great fielders and players you know batters but that pitching was just amazing to watch no doubt man i'm gonna say this as far as the sec when you could argue the sec is the best conference for college baseball i mean i mean between what mississippi state's done you look at what lsu's done you know my alma mater you know georgia what, what we've done with going to omaha in 2008 and then winning the championship in 1990 and the sec you could argue is not only the best conference in college football but also college baseball 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you see every year, you, you see, you know, two or three teams at least from the SEC make it out of those eight teams in the College World Series. I mean, and it, it's constant. It's every single year you see that many teams. And, and most, pretty much all year long, you saw, you know, five, six teams in the top, you know, 10, 12 in the nation coming from the SEC. So they are, they are absolutely the best teams in the nation. No doubt. No doubt. I want to hit you with, with a couple more topics, Jason. And my next topic for you is I want to compare a, a game at Omaha. Um, I want to compare that to, to seeing a game at Duty Noble Field. Well, what are the pros and cons to seeing a game at TD Ameritrade and then seeing a game at Duty Noble? So, I mean, TD Ameritrade, you know, you know why you're there. You, you're there for the championship. That's, that's, that's the thing. That's why you're at TD Ameritrade. But I, I tell you, there is nothing like a going to a game at Duty Noble Field in Starkville, Mississippi. Just the, the atmosphere there and the beauty of that stadium that they built just a couple of years ago. You know, it was already one of the best stadiums in the nation, mm-hmm. but they basically tore that stadium down two years ago and they rebuilt it. And, you know, with the left field lounges all around the outfield, the grills going, the smoke in the outfield, all the, you know, all the fans that are out there, the new lofts that they've built in the outfield, the gorgeous, you know, gallery out there. It is, it's just a, an amazing thing to see. You know, if you have never been to a game at Mississippi State, you have got to go because there is none other in the nation like it. Well, I know this for sure. The next time Georgia goes down there, I would love to go down there and check out Duty Noble Field. I, I really would. My last topic I want to get into you with, Jason, is you're a big-time sports fan, and you've seen a lot of great games, and you've had some cool experiences with seeing those great games. And so where does Mississippi State winning the national championship in Omaha rank on your sports, like, fandom list? Yeah, Jay, you're right. You know, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of great games. When I've my teams have won. My teams have probably lost more more games than they've won when I've been there. But they've been some great games, you know. And there's nothing that I can compare to seeing Mississippi State win a national title. You know, the the only the only game that can come close was when I when and I was at the game. You know, when Dak Prescott beat Auburn on October 11th, 2014, and Mississippi State moved to number one in the nation. You know, in, in football, and we held that spot for six weeks, and we were the first ever number one team in the BCS ranks. So that was the first year BCS came out, and we were the very first number one team. So, you know, there were a lot of tears shed at both the games, that game and at, at on Wednesday when we won the national title, but nothing can compare to seeing the Bulldogs win that national title, you know, and, and, and doing it, with, like you mentioned, with my 10-year-old son there with me, it was it was awesome. You know, after after the game on Wednesday, we were walking down to, uh, to the buses to talk to some of the players, and uh, my son looked at me, he fought back his tears, and he looked at me and said, Dad, this is the best day of my life, you know. And that right there, Joe, it solidified this as one of my greatest, greatest experiences as well. Oh my gosh, that well, that's great. Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show with me tonight and talking a little Mississippi State baseball. I know you got to be one happy Bulldog right now, and uh, I hope to have you on, on the show again, and uh, we, we can talk some more sports, man. I, I always enjoy right. your insight. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me on, man. I really love it. All right, man. Take care. That was a good interview we did with our man Jason Coburger as far as giving insight and giving and giving you the fan you the listener the, some insight into into seeing a game inside beautiful TD Ameritrade Park and that's a cathedral of college baseball I mean 
it is really pretty in there. It is really beautiful. So props to my man, Jason, for getting to go see his Bulldogs win along with his 10-year-old son, Landon. I think, I think that's really cool. And I'm glad they got to experience that moment together. And it just really goes to show that sports, that sports can bring people together. And not only fathers and sons, but it can bring together mothers and daughters and, you know, grand, you know, aunts and uncles and grandparents. And like, like sports is a thing that bonds everyone together. And that, that is the true, like, greatness that I love about sports is it's such, it's such a binding, unifying thing. And when you, when you're all pulling for the same team and pulling your weight the same way, it's really cool. It's really cool. Well, on that subject, I'm going to talk about some Atlanta Hawks basketball who did a great job, not only unifying the city of Atlanta, but also the state of Georgia, you could argue, on this unbelievable six-week ride that the Hawks took us on. And so, and so the first topic I want to get into is the Hawks had an incredible season, ending Saturday night um, to the Bucks, but they lost 118-107. And some positives that I want to take from this season is what we saw in the emergence of Trey Young. What we saw Trey Young do is we saw Trey Young embrace being a superstar, embracing the moment, and being like, this is my city. I want to, I, I want to play for Atlanta and I want to give my absolute all for Atlanta and the and some other positive moments from this season for me some other positive moments for this for me also have to be the emergence of Nate McMillan what coach Nate has done for the Hawks and coming in when taking over for Lloyd when the Hawks were had kind of lost their way and have Nate come in and do the job that he did I I, I just I, I can't get over the job Nate McMillan has done I mean you know I, as I said you know throughout the season the thing that I love about Nate is not only his mantra of belief playing connected as one and as a fist but I also like the fact that Nate has experience Nate has not only coach in big time games, you know, whether it was with Portland or with Indiana, but Nate has also played in the NBA and played big time ball. And he was with the Seattle Supersonics you know, back in the late 80s. And, and so I just thought the job that Nate McMillan did was fantastic. And I'm really proud of him. And on the subject of Nate McMillan, I want to get to that as my next topic. So he was rewarded with a four-year contract extension by the Hawks on Monday. And I think this is a really big move for the Hawks going forward. I really do. And, you know, as I said in my previous comments, I really like when Nate is done I think he's going to continue to do great things and I really like the fact that ownership believes in him Travis Schlink believes in him the players love him you know whether it be Trey Young Cam Reddish John Collins Kevin Herner you know I could name the entire roster for you but it just really looks like these guys love playing for Nate they, they love Nate's energy they love his enthusiasm and they just like the way they gel with Nate and you know as I said the, the thing that I will always look back on with this year is Nate is Nate telling these guys to believe to believe in themselves and to playing connected as one and as a fist and I just think those analogies of belief and playing connected as one as a fist are so critically important in any sport or or in life and I, I just think Nate is a great teacher and is a great molder of a young of a young Hawks team and will continue to do that great of a job in the future my next topic and final topic with the Hawks is John Collins will be the focal point of the offseason and and I know some of you are wondering what the Hawks should do you know is he worth a max contract or not and I think he is. I, you know, I've been, I, I've been in regard and saying the Hawks need to pay him. No doubt about it. I just look at John Collins. I mean, I mean, I know he had some up and down performances in the, uh, in, in, in the playoffs. But then I also like think about the leadership that John Collins provides. I look at the, I, I look at, I look at the way John Collins, you, you know, provides leadership. You know, as I just said, 
And he's also expanded his game. He's really expanded his game. You know, as I talked about with his jump shot, his ability to get to the lane. And I know he was having to kind of play out of position, you know, being a stretch four. I know he was used to doing the one four pick and roll with Trey. Now Quint's in there and Quint's doing the one five pick and roll with Trey. And Collins has really expanded his game. And so I look at John Collins as a must have for the Hawks to bring back. The one thing that I'm a little, the one thing that, that I question people that say, oh, you know, John Collins isn't worth. It. I mean, who are you getting? Who are you gonna get that's better than John Collins? The NBA free agency group this year is not great, and the Hawks are kind of tight as far as cap space. You know, other than John Collins, the logical thing is to bring in John Collins and to peg him and to give him the max because I just think you, because I just think you have to keep this core together as long as you, as long as you possibly can. I know, I know, it's gonna be difficult to try to pay all these guys at some point, but we don't have to worry about that for another two or three years with this young. I mean, this Hawks team is young, they're talented, and I'm really excited to see what they do next basketball season, which is crazy that it'll be opening up back in October. Traditional NBA will be coming up. Uh, I think training camp is like middle September. The NBA draft, I think, is in like 25 days away. And so this is a really quick offseason for the Hawks, a really quick turnaround. And so it'll be interesting to see how the Hawks do this offseason as far as the draft and just kind of what they do going forward. So that's going to kind of do it for Atlanta Hawks talk. The last part of the show that I want to get into, and we're going to talk some Braves baseball here. And so the Braves had a victory on Sunday, arguably the win of the season, beating the Marlins 8-7. to And then Monday, um, and then Monday you go back to it and you think, oh, oh the, oh, the Braves are going to go in and play Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh isn't that good, and they probably get drilled 11. And then they lose a heartbreaker 2-1 to where Tyler Matzik walks, the bases loaded, the Pirates win on a walk-off walk. Yeah, it, it was just awful. And then you got Wednesday, where they pound out their frustrations and they end up winning 14 to 3 and as a fan i'm just i'm it's really hard to figure this team out they're they're average at best but i think that they can save the season i do it really depends on what anthopolis and crew are willing to do at the deadline i now i know there's some trepidation with with wanting to exchange prospects or high-end talent and high-end prospects but but i just but i just read some of these rumors like like there's this rumor about the braves and maybe aaron judge and i'm like no way i don't want aaron judge and i I know he's got one year left of control but in that but in that potential deal you'd be having to give up a guy like Michael Harris who I don't want to give up and I also don't want to give up a guy like like a Kyle Muller I think Kyle Muller is an, is an essential piece on, on this pitching stop going forward but it's gonna be really interesting to see what kind of moves the Braves make at the deadline but but definitely the craziest trade rumor I saw, I've seen so far is the Aaron Judge to the Braves I, I don't buy that for a second I don't think the Braves are in that zip code and I I just don't see it happening no moves I could see the Braves make I could see them trying to get a guy like Joey Gallup who's got two years who's got two years left to control I could see them getting a guy like Trey Mancini who's a right-handed power bat or even bringing a guy back in Adam Duvall or Miami or a guy like a Starling Marte from Miami I know none of these moves are the cloud of an Aaron Judge but what they do is they provide stability and and honestly I mean all you have to do in my opinion is win now I know this is easier said than done but win the division and then if you get in the playoffs the chips fall where they may I mean all you have to do is look at like what the Washington Nationals did in 2019 and how they had that brutal, 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 um, how they had that brutal big chunk of the season. 
And then they turned it on in the second half. And I'm like, dude, I mean, if the Nationals can do it, so can the Braves. I know the Braves will have to make some more moves. Another move that I'd like to see the Braves make, I'd like to see them address the bullpen in some way or another. And it's going to be interesting to see what type of moves they make in terms of the reliever situation. So, so I'm going to leave that there. We're going to get into more trade deadline stuff. And as the trade deadline gets ever closer, I'll be bringing on Braves aficionado, my good buddy Tom Green. And we'll be talking all things trade deadline when the trade deadline gets closer. And so the next topic I want to get into with the Braves, the Braves have one last series before the break when the Braves travel to Miami to play the Marlins. So what are my thoughts going into this final series before the break? I think this series is insanely crucial for the Braves. Ideally, you would like to sweep the Marlins. And if you did that, you'd be 45 and 44. If you win two out of three, that's that would be okay. But I, I, know, it, I know it's going to be really hard to sweep the Marlins. And I know the Marlins have had our number. It's really weird. And then you think about today what the Marlins did. And you have Jesus Aguilar hitting a walk-off home run off Julio Urias and the Dodgers. I mean, baseball is just a weird game, guys. And so, and so going forward, I'm a, I, I mean, I'm I'm not nervous about going to Miami, but I'm also not taking them. I'm also not taking them for granted and being like, oh, this is the same pushover Marlins. But then I think about it, and I think about what they did last Sunday and scoring four runs off Yimmy Garcia, the Marlins closer. And I'm like, so so I don't really know how to quantify this Marlins series. Ideally, in a perfect world, as a Braves fan, you want to sweep them. But but at the end of the day, if I'm looking at this logically, and you're thinking, Jamie and Joe, what do you expect? I ultimately expect the Braves to somehow find a way to win two out of three. I think winning two out of three is crucial. I know you wouldn't be over 500 for the first time all year if that happened, but just win series. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, just winning series. And hopefully you can get over 500 at some point. And but because when you think about the Braves schedule going forward, how tough that schedule is going to be. And right out of the gate, when you get back from the All-Star break, you've got Tampa Bay at home for a weekend. And then you've got San Diego at home and you got Tatis Jr. And so that's going to be big. And then and then you've got a big road trip where you've got four with the Mets and then you've got a weekend series in Philly. And so that's not easy either. And so the Braves are going to really have to be on their P's and Q's not only with this Marlins series, but going forward in the second half of the year. I think this I think this little month of July, this little pocket of games is really going to show us where the Braves are going forward. And I'm hoping that they're still going to be buyers. At the- so kind of my last topic I want to get into as far as the Braves. So this Sunday is the MLB Futures game. And so what that is, it's a part of all Star Week, and it's where you have the best young prospects divided up into teams, and you get to see the best of the best play against each other. And Brave fans should keep an eye out for two outfielders in particular. The first of those is Michael Harris, who's at High A Rome. Harris is batting 318. He's got five home runs, 38 RBIs, and 13 stolen bases. He plays center field right now for the Rome Braves, and got guys. You know, as I reiterated on a podcast fairly recently, if you're looking for next great Braves, next great young Braves, Michael Harris is the name. He was the third round pick for the Braves in 2019 out of Stockbridge High School. So he's a local product from Atlanta. And I just look at Michael Harris as being the next great stud for the Braves. I mean, imagine an outfield guys of Michael Harris and Acuna together. Like, holy cow. And you know, as I talked about, it might've been last week or two weeks ago, you know, Michael Harris, how he came to be with the Braves. You know, originally he was a pitcher and then the Braves decided to move him to the outfield and so I'm just telling you guys you get a chance at three o'clock on Sunday to watch Michael Harris play you, you should take advantage of him because this kid is going to be a star in the making I'm so excited about this kid the other in the future game I want to give some love to is Drew Waters now, Drew Waters is a guy that a lot of Brave fans have heard about he's kind of I'm going to give you his numbers here right now 
He's got a 234 batting average. He's got four home runs, 14 RBIs, and 14 stolen bases. The thing about Harris and Waters both, they can both really run. I mean, just based off the stolen base numbers I gave you. But both guys have really good speed, have really good ability to track the ball, and they have really good throwing arms. So I haven't really seen either one of these guys playing. I've only seen highlights and I've only read box scores. So I'm really excited about this. And I feel like most Brave fans should be excited about this too. So Sunday, if you're not doing anything at three o'clock, um, my advice would be to put on the MLB Futures game because you're going to get to see a lot of really good talent for, for the Braves and not only for the Braves, but also Major League Baseball and see the next great wave of prospects coming through. So before we get out of here, I want to tell you guys about FanForAllSeasons.com and that is our website and that is where you can find out more information about us. You can listen to past episodes where you can go to our merchandise store. It's t-shirt season, the comfy colors t-shirt that is. So find you a comfy color shirt. You know, we have them in a variety of colors and um, in order shirts, you know, wear the gear, rep the gear, just listening in the show and finding us, you know, on all the podcast platforms. You know, as I've talked about, you know, with Alexa, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, Stitcher, iHeart, you know, all, all these podcast platforms is where you can find us. So type us in on fanfrawlseason.com and make sure to get your local sports fix from us so that's gonna do it for this week um i'm also gonna get a word from our sponsor here before we get out of here so fan for all seasons is brought to you in part by georgia smoke barbecue authentic original oak smoked barbecue cater you can learn more at georgiasmoke.com and so this has been jam and joe uh doing another exciting installment of the fan for all seasons podcast i want to talk to you guys next week see ya and go braves